Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a lovely day. Plenty to get through. So settle in, pour yourself a cup of coffee or perhaps a fine wine. Maybe even a little tipple of scotch. Whatever your poison, be sure to ingest it. Because we've got so much to do. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. Thank you for clicking that join button. I know you probably had a lot to do. You're probably very busy. You're at work. You're making cookies. You're folding laundry. You're driving somewhere. You're doing something other than sitting down and looking at a screen with a silhouette and a fancy moving background. It's lunchtime for us, Nick. (laughs) It's lunchtime for you. It's not lunchtime for me. It's the middle of the night for me too. But thank you for joining us nonetheless. Thank you for making the sacrifice. Like I said, so much to get through. And big news today in the world of the interwebs and the topic that we have unfortunately been forced to go over ad nauseum much to the distress of my short attention span that being of internet freedom is once again rattling the cage of common sense just before we get too far down the road if you'd like to become a supporter of the show And thank you so much to the supporters. Please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to rattle my cage, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Like I said, uh, a big purge today in YouTube. I don't know if anybody's heard about it yet. I don't know how many people have heard about it, but a whole number of channels deleted, videos deleted. And if you weren't deleted, then you were demonetized. And I have to say straight off the bat, straight out of the gate, this isn't boogie bumper bitching because I don't have a monetized channel. So this is objective commentary. It's not, hey, this monetization is bad because now I can't get paid because I don't have a monetized channel. So just want to just want to cut those criticisms off before they t- they get up ahead of steam. And start rolling at me. You will be wasting your time, comrade. Wasting your time. And I don't even watch a lot of YouTube channels. I subscribe mostly to the corporate news channels. Not because I like them, but because that's what I do. Like, that's my show, right? (laughs) Is watching the corporate news and then bringing it to you and saying, Hey, look at these fucking idiots, right? That's what I enjoy doing. But the few channels that I do watch for my own pleasure... Uh, a number of them have been demonetized today. And these are people that do YouTube full time. You know, they are entertainers, essentially, in a free marketplace. And the people who watch these videos are, you know, in a way they are patroning. They they are patrons in a, you know, in a 
concert hall. People who wander past the concert hall or the civic center see something going on inside. They go in and the more people that go in, the more money the concert hall makes and everybody's a winner. But the doors have been slammed shut for a number of these people. And the title of today's show, it's it just smacks of the same kind of gatekeeping, the same kind of kingmaking that we have seen in every other medium. Television, music, entertainment, comedy. There is always a number of people at the top of the particular tree who decide who gets famous, who decide who will become one of the stars, quote unquote. And now this very same mentality, if not the very same people, have made their way over onto the internet. And something that we've spoken about before, in the case of corporate press, if you want an internet that is ruled solely by the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the Fox Newses, then you should absolutely support regulation and you should absolutely support the deplatforming of people that you don't like. Because that's where it ends up. These behemoths, these companies do not want other people doing news. They don't want other people doing entertainment. They don't want you to decide who should be doing news and doing entertainment. They want to decide for you. You are too stupid. You are a peasant. You cannot have that much power. And here we are again. Here we are yet again. So the demonetization strikes have taken place. And just before we get too far down the line here, um, I'm not even a big fan of Steven Crowder. I know a lot of people are. But he's one of the people that's been demonetized, right? But he's one of the big ones. And for the fans of Milo Yiannopoulos, and yeah, I get it. He's, he's cheeky. He's funny. He's fabulous. You know, I laugh at Milo too. But Milo has been engaged in a a war on Stephen Crowder, openly advocating for his deplatforming and urging YouTube, Twitter, Facebook to take Stephen Crowder off their platform. So I'm sorry, whether you like Miley Yiannopoulos or hate Miley Yiannopoulos, I don't think it's out of line for me to say that's a really gay thing to do, Milo. That's a really shitty thing to do, especially as somebody who has gone through that experience themselves. It smacks of, if I can't have it, nobody can have it. Hey, I'm not able to buy a nice fur coat. I'm not able to buy new clothing. I'm not able to buy the sassy shit online anymore, so you can't either. And with that, fuck him. Fuck him. The narcissistic, sociopathic tendencies of the jilted lover lashing out at all around them. Because if he can't get his, nobody can get theirs. What does that remind you of? What sort of ideology does that remind you of? That bitterness. So sorry to the Milo fans out there. And he's not alone. He's not alone. Uh, We're going to go over Carlos Mazza whose Twitter timeline resembles that of a maniacal ex-lover, completely fixated on their former beau. We're going to go over that. Uh, We're going to go over a report that I saw on Canadian TV about a month ago 
which was talking about how the far right is making money online and how that's got to come to an end. The CBC being the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Canadian taxpayer-funded broadcasting, as opposed to a voluntary arrangement where people upload videos and you decide whether or not those people should be allowed to do said videos for a living by rewarding them with your patronage or donations or something of that nature, right? The complete opposite of that, force-fed entertainment. Like I said, the kingmakers, the gatekeepers. Once the realm of TV, deciding who will become a TV star, once in the, re- once in the wheelhouse of the music industry, deciding who's going to be the next top 10 sensation, we decide. You don't get to decide. We'll tell you who's famous. We'll tell you who gets to do this for a living. And we'll wipe out everybody who disagrees. We're also going to get into a couple of the weird and wonderful stories that we do, 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 do on a regular basis. But before we get too far down the line, let me kick it off, ladies and gentlemen, the way we like to with this. Now you face the Shredder. Time for the Shredder, baby. Because I'm going to keep having a little bit of fun as long as I can. So thank you for sticking around. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. And thank you to the supporters of the show. Are you a right-wing extremist? You're asking yourself at home? Good. You should be asking yourself at home. You should constantly be looking inward and thinking about all of the multitude of ways that you may or may not be offending people on a daily, hourly, minutely basis. Are you a right-wing extremist? This quiz may help, and you've got company. British military has a quiz for identifying dangerous right-wingers. Trump and other world leaders would fail. This is important because this is going to lead directly into what we're talking about in regards to demonetization and deplatforming and ripping people off these internet platforms. Right-wing extremism threatens the security, safety and prosperity of countries around the world. Democracies, especially those in crisis, are especially vulnerable to right-wing extremism when it hides behind the benign-sounding banner of populism. It's almost too stupid to address, but I feel like I have to. Populism is not a quote-unquote right-wing thing. It is both right-wing and left-wing. In fact, I have a number of Democrat viewers who watch this show who would call themselves left-wing, and they would argue, if they're being honest, that populism is more often on the left than it is on the right. Why is that? Because the nature of conservatism is inherently opposed to just changing things because it's popular. Conservatism is not an ideology. It is a philosophical stance, a philosophical viewpoint. That being change for the sake of change should be opposed or at very worst treated very, 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 very carefully. Populism, on the other hand, is, hey, here's a whole bunch of people who think this is the right way to do things, so let's do it. That's why populism is more inherent on the left than it is on the right, so to speak. But forget about all that. Forget about all that. Hey, this is Salon. This is Salon, one of our personal favorites. They wouldn't lie to us. This is about right-wing extremism, which is now also populism, believe it or not. 
One On one extreme of the global right-wing movement are terrorists and other evildoers, such as the Nazis or white supremacists. I love that Salon is now using the vernacular of George W. Bush. Evildoers. The evildoers, ladies and gentlemen. The bad guys. We gotta go shoot them bad guys. Such as the Nazis or white supremacists who recently attacked mosques and synagogues in New Zealand, Pittsburgh and Southern California. On the other extreme are respectable right-wing politicians. That's another extreme. See, on the right-hand side, there's only two extremes. (laughs) There's not one extreme and the rest. Everybody on the right is an extreme, but there's different degrees of extreme, you see. You see how this works? On the other extreme are respectable right-wing politicians. I mean, they use the term extreme and respectable in the same sentence. Who use normal politics to take power. In the middle of this continuum are many millions of people who are either active members of the new right or are sympathetic to its goals and aims. In total, right-wing extremism is a multi-spectrum threat which extends from the President of the United States all the way down to street hooligans. Do you see what is happening here? Now, you might be somebody who says, hey, you know what? Those alt-riders, I hate the fact that they say horrible things, they say bad things, they're conspiracy theorists, they're anti-Semitic, whatever, whatever the charge. Ladies and gentlemen, your opponents in this little to-and-fro define your president as a right-wing extremist. How the hell do you think you're going to fare as a supporter of the president? Do you not think that you also come under the banner of right-wing extremism in the eyes of these people? Let me show you how much they can think about your right-wing extremism. And just remember, when you call, if you're doing something like Milo does, say, and supporting deplatforming, if you want websites taken down, if you want channels ripped off broadcasts, if you want demonetization, deplatforming, etc., 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 let me show you what you're feeding into. This chart, Extreme Right-Wing Indicators and Warnings, was developed in 2017 and circulated as a leaflet for officers in the British military. Its existence became public last week when a copy appeared on right-wing websites. The British Ministry of Defence has confirmed the authenticity of the chart. The XRW chart, or Extreme Right-Wing, contains 20 examples of behaviour which could indicate right-wing extremist values that suggest a person is being radicalised into joining that dangerous movement. What are the warning signs, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Here you go. People who describe themselves as patriots. People who describe themselves as patriots. You are in danger of being radicalised into an extremist right-wing movement now. And pardon me for a very brief history lesson, but you'll find in the French Revolution, yes, the one that resulted in monarchs being beheaded and eventually everybody being beheaded, that battle was essentially between the left and the right, and in that battle, the left were called the Patriots. The right were the monarchy and the oligarchs, right? The, the, the wealthy family members, the, the landowners, and those on the left who did all the beheading, they called themselves the Patriots. Refers to political correctness as some left-wing or communist plot. If you refer to political correctness as a left-wing or communist plot, 
you are in danger of being radicalized into a dangerous right-wing extremist movement, ladies and gentlemen. Do you use the term Islamo-fascism? You're a right-wing extremist. Do you make inaccurate generalizations about the left or government? Ladies and gentlemen, if you refer to the left, i.e. the left wants this, the left does that, the left believes this, the left believes that, guess what? You are now in the realm, you are now in the column of right-wing extremist. Yay! Extremist. Potential terrorist could be radicalized into a dangerous movement. But fear not, you're not alone. Also in that group is pretty much everybody you agree with, up to and including the President of the United States. So what we're talking about here is essentially a conversation over definition. It's always about definition. What is defined as right-wing extremism? What is defined as a Nazi? You saw the footage the other day of an old man in London who was there to support Donald Trump's visit to the UK having a crowd of banshees screaming in his face, Nazi! Nazi! Right? Do you want another indicator of a being a right-wing extremist? Become increasingly angry at perceived injustices or threats to so-called national identity. If you are worried about losing your national identity, you are now a right-wing extremist. If you call yourself a patriot, you are to be classified as a potential right-wing extremist. If you refer to political correctness as some kind of left-wing plot, you are potentially a right-wing extremist. If you make generalizations about the left or government in general, you are a right-wing extremist. According to these people. Let me show you something. I think I think this is a good time for a bit of hitch. And this is good because I'm seeing a lot of the king-making shit on the right as well. E-celebs. More often than not, it's other e-celebs who are taking down right... It's right-wingers taking down right-wingers a lot of the time. You may not like hearing that, but there is a lot of that shit going on. Right-wingers going after other right-wingers. Because fuck him. Fuck him. I don't like him. He should be taken down. If I can't if I can't buy a fur coat, then nobody can buy a fur coat. How come, how come he's allowed to have his channel and I'm not allowed to have mine? He should be taken down too. A lot of that shit. A lot of that nasty little bitchy backbiting shit. Let me show you something. It's a good time to, bro to blow the dust off this one more time. The hitch. May he, the hitch. I'm sorry if this is going to offend people. Oh, no, not this fucking guy again. I thought he was dead. He is. But the wisdom lives on. If everybody in North America is forced to attend at school, uh, training in sensitivity on Holocaust awareness and is taught to study the final solution about which nothing was actually done, by this country or North America or the United Kingdom while it was going on, but as, let's say as if in compensation for that, everyone's made to swallow an official and unalterable story of it now, and it's taught as the great moral exemplar, the moral equivalent of the morally lacking 
elements of the Second World War, the way of stilling our uneasy conscience about that combat. If that's the case with everybody, as it more or less is, and one person gets up and says, you know about this Holocaust, I'm not sure it even happened. In fact, I'm pretty certain it didn't. Indeed, I begin to wonder if the only thing is that the Jews brought a little bit of violence on themselves. That person doesn't just have a right to speak. That person's right to speak must be given extra protection because what he has to say must have taken him some effort to come up with, might be, might contain a grain of historical truth, um, might in any case give people to think about why do they know what they already think they know? How do I know that I know this except that I've always been taught this and never heard anything else? It's always worth establishing first principles. It's always worth saying, what would you do if you met a Flat Earth Society member? Come to think of it, how can I prove the Earth is round? Am I sure about the theory of evolution? I know it's supposed to be true. Here's someone who says there's no such thing. It's all intelligent design. How sure am I of, of my own views? Don't take refuge in the false security of consensus and the feeling that whatever you think, you're bound to be okay because you're in the safely moral majority. One of the proudest moments of my life, that's to say, in the recent past has been defending the British historian David Irving, who is now in prison in Austria for nothing more than the potential of uttering an unwelcome thought on Austrian soil. He didn't actually say anything in Austria. He wasn't even accused of saying anything. He was accused of perhaps planning to say something that violated an Austrian law that says only one version of the history of the Second World War may be taught in our brave little Tyrolean Republic. The Republic that gave us Kurt Waldheim as Secretary General of the United Nations, a man wanted in several countries for war crimes. You know, the country that gave, that has Jörg Haider, the leader of its own fascist party, in the cabinet that sent David Irving to jail. You know the uh, two things that have uh, made Austria famous, given it its reputation by any chance? Just while I've got you. I hope there are some Austrians here to be upset by it. <laughs> Well, a pity if not, but the two great achievements of Austria are to have convinced the world that Hitler was German and Beethoven was Viennese. <laughs> now to this proud record they can add, they have the courage finally to face their past and lock up a British historian who's committed no crime except that of thought and writing. And that's a scandal. And I can't find a seconder usually when I propose this, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder. My own opinion is enough for me, and I claim the right to have it defended against any consensus, any majority, anywhere, any place, any time. And anyone who disagrees with this can pick a number, get online, and kiss my ass. Couldn't I said it better myself? Ladies and gentlemen, YouTube to ban supremacist content and purge videos. This is Politico. YouTube on Wednesday said it's banning videos promoting white supremacy, Nazism and other bigotry boosting ideologies, as well as those denying the violent events like the Holocaust or the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary took place. The ban exists on existing hate speech, it expands on existing hate speech rules, pardon me, by, quote, specifically prohibiting, prohibiting videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, segregation, or exclusion based on qualities like age, gender, race, race, caste, religion, sexual orientation, or veteran status. Or veteran status. I would just like to make an announcement, since I am on YouTube, for the moment anyway, 
uh, I would just like to make an announcement that I believe in censorship of hateful ideologies. I consider myself an avowed democratic socialist, and I think horrible ideologies that promote hate and division against things like gender, race, and caste, and religion, and stuff, and offensive remarks, and jokes, and comedy should all be wiped off the internet. So I consider my ideology to be superior to that of the Nazis, of the right-wingers, of the extremists, right? My ideology is superior. I am superior as a person because I am have a higher moral grounding than these people, and I believe that they should be taken off. So wait, now am, am, am I now doing the superior thing? Am I a left-wing supremacist? Should I be taken off for this? Of course not. If the rule is that you are alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination. What the fuck is happening? What do you call this? You are saying that one particular worldview, one particular set of worldviews is superior to another and you are discriminating against that other by removing them off the platform or demonetizing them or deplatforming them or banning them for life. The, the mind twist, the mind rape that goes on here is obscene to anybody with more than one brain cell to rub together. It's wrong to declare yourself superior to other groups of people in, in order to justify discrimination. That's why we here at the progressive left determine ourselves to be morally superior to that other group and we are allowed to discriminate against them because it's wrong. It never ends. The twisting of logic never ends. The ban will result, this is the article, in the deletion of thousands of videos already online, a spokesperson said. It's our responsibility to prevent our platform from being used to incite hatred, harassment, discrimination, and violence. Violence. Again, I'm not a big fan of Stephen Crowder. You can be a fan of Stephen Crowder. I don't care. I like freedom. YouTube ends monetization, but that's not the issue here. Whether I individually like or dislike the particular person is completely irrelevant to the point. YouTube ends monetization of conservative commentator Stephen Crowder's channel after left-wing outrage. Again, it wasn't just left-wing outrage. It was other e-celebs on the right, namely one Milo Yiannopoulos, who has engaged in a months-long campaign to get this Stephen Crowder guy off YouTube to get him demonetized, to get him deplatformed. In Milo's own logic, if I can't have it, neither can he. He needs to be deplatformed brutally to understand what it's like. In an abrupt reversal amid an ongoing, this is the right wing hero of our time. In an abrupt reversal amid an ongoing online firestorm, YouTube announced Wednesday that it would block conservative commentator Stephen Crowder from making any money on videos he uploaded to the site following a torrent of outrage from left-wing groups about insulting remarks he made about a gay journalist at Vox. That journalist is Carlos Mazza, by the way. Want to have a little look at his timeline? Because now they've started taking off um, journalists that he likes. And he's saying, this is awful. I don't understand how YouTube is still so bad at this. Yes, but that's what happens when you orchestrate, uh, you know, broad brushstroke bans against people. 
Sometimes innocent people are going to be caught up in the churn. I was reading an article earlier that a history teacher has been removed from YouTube because they talk about controversial historical topics (laughs) that may be considered offensive to some people, believe it or not. The payout from YouTube monetization is fractions of penny per monetized view. YouTubers make their money off merch, Patreon, and sponsorships. They need to be taken off YouTube. Monetization isn't good enough, ladies and gentlemen. You need to be removed from these platforms. YouTube failed to enforce its policies after journalist Gay Wonk faced a years-long harassment campaign at the hands of one of its creators, Stephen Crowder. Reporters, YouTube has not demonetized Crowder. Update your stories accordingly. That's false. They have. The problem isn't Crowder and the problem isn't monetization. The problem is that YouTube allows monsters and bullies to become superstars. Gatekeeping, kingmaking, ladies and gentlemen. Break YouTube's rules. Build an army of loyal, radicalized followers. Look at the language here. Radicalized. And then make millions selling the merch that sustains their work. YouTube drives millions of new customers towards Crowder's high engagement content, which he then uses to sell socialism is for fags, shirts for profit. It's a business and YouTube's technology provides bullies and bigots with an endless supply of news customers. Ban YouTube then. Ban all the things. Demonetizing doesn't work. Abusers use it as proof that they're being discriminated against. Then they make millions off of selling merch, doing speaking gigs, and getting their followers to support them on Patreon. Millions. The ad revenue isn't the problem, it's the platform. It goes on and on. So the fuck what? Basically all political content gets demonetized. Crowder's revenue stream isn't from YouTube ads, it's from selling merch. Ask yourself this, if YouTube has actually been enforcing its policies against hate speech and bullying, why does it need an additional policy for supremacist content? YouTube's new anti-supremacy policy is a joke, a shiny prop to distract reporters and advertisers from the reality, which is that YouTube doesn't actually enforce any of these documents. On and on and on, post after post after post after post. YouTube pretends to care about queer and marginalized creators while refusing to protect us from abuse and harassment. YouTube arms our abusers with the platforms they need to target us when we speak up. Only we are allowed to lob hand grenades onto the battlefield of ideas and we must be provided with a shield so that none of those incendiary devices can be hurled back in our direction, ever. We decide who become who can do this for a living. We decide who can make money online. We decide. We, we, we. Me, me, me. Not you. Not the audience. You are being radicalized by extreme right-wingers. And YouTube is allowing you to be radicalized by extreme right-wingers. YouTube is not doing enough to protect you from dangerous ideas, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a reporter covering this YouTube nightmare and need a quote for your piece, please contact me. Carlos, contact me if you want a quote. Uh, If you're a reporter and you want a quote about this YouTube nightmare, contact me. I'll give you a quote. I'd like to spend the rest of the week giving you colourful quotes about all the ways YouTube exploits LGBT people while arming our abusers with the tools of harassment. Good Lord, YouTube says it didn't punish Crowder because he was focused primarily on debating. 
You can harass queer people as much as you want, as long as it's sandwiched between debating. Debating has got to go. And it just goes on. His entire timeline. At YouTube, at YouTube, at YouTube, at YouTube. For days. For weeks. And now that his arch nemesis, Stephen Crowder, has been demonetized, of course, the conversation instantaneously shifts to it's not about monetization. It's about the fact that he's on the platform in the fucking first place. Just like that. Just like that. How is hate earning money online, ladies and gentlemen? This is from the Canadian taxpayer-funded broadcaster about a month ago. Completely overrun by social justice warriors. I need your help. A huge thank you to those who have supported and made this project possible. So, Lawrence Hathorn, Faith Goldie, Milo Yiannopoulos, Alex Jones are all big stars on social media. But here's the question. Are people using hate to make money online? <laughs> it's just, it's almost too dumb. Are people using hate to make money online? Are you saying that hate is profitable? Here's, here's a, let me tell you something. Guys, I want investors. I'm looking for investors for my business plan. What's my business plan? Glad you asked. What, you, what I'm going to do is uh, sit here and I am going to talk about how much I hate people and I'm going to get a whole bunch of people to hate me and this is a profitable business decision for you. So invest in the company Boogie Bumper. We'll get everybody to hate us. All the customers will hate us. We will hate all the customers and then we'll be millionaires. Using hate to make money. Hate. Of course, it's so dumbed down and so shallow and so ridiculous. Do you hate houseflies? Well, the company that makes fly traps is using hate to make money. Should we ban them? Don't be, don't be ridiculous, Boogie. You're being silly. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm the arsehole here. I'm the idiot. Yeah. And is cutting off access the solution? This past week, the controversial Canadian commentator Faith Goldie was kicked off Facebook, deplatformed for spreading what Facebook deemed dangerous far-right content. Dangerous far-right content. was great for Facebook, but what didn't get covered... <laughs> well, Look at that attachment. The PR was great for Facebook. <laughs> I mean... This is what you're dealing with here. People say it's good PR. People in the media, the taxpayer funded. If it wasn't for taxpayers, this woman would not have a job. Would people pay her money to watch her speak on YouTube? The taxpayers are funding this woman against their will. They have no choice. They have to fund this. The taxpayers of Canada pay this woman's salary. And removing people like Faith Goldie off the internet, well, that was tremendous PR. Great PR from Facebook. Very popular move. <laughs> well, until recently, Facebook was actually offering up white genocide conspiracy theorists ah. as a special category for advertisers to target. The company has since apologized. And now right. the federal government says it might step in to regulate not Lovely. just Facebook, but all social media platforms. All of them. Let's take a look at the challenge here. Mm. First... Why does it matter? 
Well, the New Zealand mosque shooter's manifesto was littered with references to internet culture. He also live streamed the shooting on Facebook. Ten people watched that live stream. We went over this. That 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 event has now been the catalyst for all of these little governments and all of their little all of their little arms around the world. It has been the catalyst for them advocating for complete regulation of the internet space. In the aftermath, you have seen a kid go to jail in New Zealand for 14 years for sharing the live stream. You have seen the government of Australia impose crippling financial sanctions and potential jail terms on CEOs of companies who allow quote-unquote dangerous content to go online. What can be defined as dangerous content? Do you even need to ask when the President of the United States is defined as a right-wing extremist? Who helps sort what is dangerous and what is not for companies like Facebook? Glad you asked. It's places like the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Centre, who also define your president as a white nationalist and therefore a dangerous extremist. Where do you think this is going to end? He even name-dropped a YouTube star before he killed 50 people. In Quebec City, the mosque shooter obsessively checked the Twitter accounts of anti-Muslim commentators in the months leading up to the attack. But can views like these actually be shut down? This week, the U.S. Congress tried to have a serious debate about how to limit the rise of white nationalism online. And it got hijacked by white nationalists online. The Second World War is not an argument against white identity in 2019. A YouTube account called Red Ice TV streamed the hearing in real time. Viewers used a feature called Super Chat that can make big money. And some people watching this stream paid hundreds of dollars to pin hateful comments and white nationalist memes. So So what? So, see, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to make money. We will decide who gets to do this for a living. Uh, incidentally, Red Ice TV, I don't watch it, but they are, they're another one who was uh, demonetized today. So many that YouTube eventually shut it down. And one of the right-wing Super Chat pioneers is Toronto's Andy Worski. He makes thousands of dollars through a debate, a series that he calls Blood Sports, kind of like... WWE meets a call-in show. Ah. And Worski's show isn't a one-off. Look what happens when you watch one of his videos. Up pops a bunch of similar YouTubers all <laughs> promoting themselves as right-wing truth-tellers, revealing <laughs> what the mainstream media is hiding. After one click, days later, a stream of Worski-like channels is still automatically appearing on our feed. How awful. So what How role awful. does YouTube play in all of this? How awful that you would watch somebody like Andy Worski. Again, somebody that I don't watch. I know, right? In the chat, it's like, Andy Worski? Ha ha ha. Exactly. <laughs> but how are these people making their money? And look what happens. If you click on this particular person, then you get all kinds of other links of people talking about the mainstream media. <gasps> oh, my goodness, it's awful. But it's not enough. It's not enough that you're labeled a Nazi. It's not that you should be ripped off the internet. How does he make, how do they make money? Is this wrong? Should these people be allowed to make money? 
Because, see, you're too stupid, ladies and gentlemen, to decide for yourself. You're not allowed to decide. Somebody else has to decide for you. Disinformation online with a particular focus on social media. How much are we talking about here? I know you don't know exactly how much money people make, but how much money are these white nationalists making? <laughs> Look, it's difficult to say, and there's a few different sources of income that people can have on YouTube. One is advertisement, and that has been really dwindling as YouTube is grappling with bad content that advertisers content. just don't want to associate <clears throat> with. But there's also super chats where the fans of the personalities themselves can hand over money and just fundraising campaigns to point to fundraising so when that all comes together they're going for your advertising they're going for your super chats they're going for your fundraising campaigns you need to be removed off every possible platform that earns a living full stop and again i'm not shedding tears for e-celebs who make thousands of dollars right i'm not shedding tears for milo yiannopoulos who cannot can no longer afford a fur coat i don't have a monetized channel on youtube so I can't be demonetized on YouTube. But again, Milo, it's just I can't get over it. The guy who got deplatformed off all of these all of these social media sites now advocating for deplatforming other people. That's how quickly it turns. Right? But you're not allowed. You voluntarily you're not allowed to voluntarily support people that we don't like because we are the kingmakers and we are the gatekeepers. We will decide for you what is appropriate. We will decide on your behalf what you can and can't hear, what you can and can't handle. Really, we don't know how profitable this is, but the most popular YouTubers have built houses on this. They've built their entire lives on this. So if somebody like how awful. Faith Goldie, Alex... How awful. The most popular YouTubers, they've built houses on this money. The, these people on YouTube are making money. It's disgusting. Again, coming from the platform of a taxpayer-funded broadcaster. No, the only moral way to make money is to say things that every that we all agree with here in this bubble and force people to pay us through the government. Force people to pay us through taxation. That's the only moral way to do it. Everybody else is everybody else is cheating the system. Jones, if, if someone gets kicked off of one of these platforms, mm. do they stop making money? <laughs> No, the money no. doesn't stop just because the YouTube uh, monetization stops. Right. What happens is a lot of them are able to say, give me money because YouTube has kicked me off. Yes. They're able to go to either their personal websites or any <laughs> other remaining social media networks. <laughs> so you make money on YouTube. You're a YouTuber that makes money. People come into your chat because they enjoy what you do and they give you a super chat, like five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. And this is how you make money. And that money allows you to do this full time. Well, that needs to be taken away from you. But that's not good enough, you see. Because then when you go back to your own website, your own website or another social media account you have and say, hey, guys, I'm really sorry, but YouTube has taken away my ability to make money on YouTube. That needs to stop, too. It's not fair. You are not allowed to have any access to this marketplace. Because we are the kingmakers. We decide, not you. Not the audience. The audience can't be allowed. To, you can't be trusted. You are just an empty vessel. You are an empty vessel waiting to be filled with a hate ideology and become radicalized into buying a fucking T-shirt from Stephen Crowder. 
You are being radicalised into hateful right-wing ideology so you can buy supplements from Alex Jones. And we need to protect you from that. We need to wrap you up in a big, big, beautiful blanket. No. No, it's dangerous. You don't know what you're doing. These evil, these these grifters on YouTube, they're, they're stealing your money. It's awful. I am, a, I am a moral guardian. I need to protect you from this. You can't be allowed to make your own decisions. Don't be silly. You poor, innocent little things. I don't know why I just shifted into Dame Edna there. Dame Edna hates YouTube censorship. Post them and rally their base based on that. So we've all heard about how to... <laughs> rally their base. That's exactly... That's a point I've made many times in the past. If you ban these people, then they, they turn around and say, hey, you're banning us. It makes them more popular. It actually, it actually confirms the thesis that they're putting forward in the first place. Proposition. YouTube is out to get me. Accusation. This is false and crazy conspiracy theory. YouTube kicks that person off. Person says, hey, YouTube kicked me off. They really were out to get me. Accusation. This person should have been kicked off. But it's not a conspiracy that YouTube is trying to kick people. <laughs> it's mindless play to get people to stay on YouTube mm -hmm. or on Facebook for that matter mm -hmm. that fear and anger drives people to get them to stay on longer fear but and now anger also YouTube has this algorithm that says if you go too far you get kicked off mm -hmm. so are people trying to figure out where the line is about how far they can go? Yeah, it's been really tricky with social media networks yeah, to sort really of straddle tricky. that line between what is hate speech and what isn't. <laughs> that's that's why that's why you don't straddle the line. That's why free speech exists. You philosophically inept peon on TV. That's why free speech exists in the first place. When people were strutting around courtyards in ancient Greece, wearing loincloths and sandals and eating grapes, even though they lived in, you know, surrounded by stone and didn't have running water, they were more intelligent than this. They were smarter than this. They knew things like free speech had to exist because once you start trying to straddle the line and decide which speech is good and which speech is not, all of a sudden it turns into a bloodbath. So I guess we better let everybody just be allowed to say things because the potential damage that is caused when we do not is far too great a burden to carry. Yes, we're all children. Bad, bad children. Big smacks. Because a lot of the time, something that is explicitly hate speech can be said in coded words or sort of veiled language. Uh, coded words. To mean the <laughs> Coded words. See, this is the other thing. If you don't actually explicitly say something that is quote unquote hate speech, that doesn't matter either. Because somebody else, a, a self-approved, a self-defined uh, expert, will declare your words to be secret racist coding. It's, it's, this isn't fucking enigma here, right? These people are not mathematical geniuses and scientists working in a bunker in the English countryside in order to decipher the secret codes of the Nazis during World War II. That's not taking place. These people are undereducated, philosophically inept peasants who exist in a media bubble which is funded off the backs of taxpayers, whether they like it or not, sitting up on a self-built pedestal declaring, pointing at other people on the battlefield, saying, no, 
No, that's secret code. Why? Because I said so. It's like the term dog whistle. Oh, this is a dog whistle to racists. Apparently, the dog whistle can only be heard by racists and people in the media. I'm almost done with my 10-minute timeout. <laughs> dog whistle, exactly. And and you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insult people here again. I'm sorry, but don't give me the over-the-target logic. You know, people say, oh, you're only being criticised because you're over the target. Really? AOC gets criticised all the time. Does that mean she's over the fucking target? No. Sometimes people get criticised because they're fucking stupid. It, just because you're getting criticised, just because you're getting attacked, doesn't mean that you're over the target. Perhaps you're being a dickhead. Maybe that's why. Otherwise, every time AOC, every time Bernie Sanders gets attacked, he must be over the target, right? So don't fall into that trap of self-perpetuating your own nonsense. Oh, I must be over the target. People are attacking me. <laughs> That's not the way it works. Sometimes people are attacking you because they are control freaks like this. Essentially the same thing, but that would pass YouTube censors. So what we're seeing with a lot of these uh, hateful groups and white nationalists, white supremacists on YouTube is they will use that coded language to try to get around the algorithm or try to get in line with the community coded guidelines language. that YouTube has set. So even if, so if you have a YouTube channel, even if you are playing the game, even if you are not using the quote-unquote hateful language, even if you are not using the quote-unquote hate speech, even if you are within the rules, the operating rules of the platform, you should still be banned because we have decided you're using coded language to get around these ambiguous rules that nobody really understands where the line is. And there's a reason that you make these kind of speech rules and protocols ambiguous because if you make a hard and fast rule, people will look for loopholes to break it. If you make the line ambiguous, everybody will self-censor so as to not risk going over it because they don't know where the line is. I've used this analogy before. Think of a game where, you know, where you, you know, at the fair where you hit the big button and you're trying to send the puck to the top of the machine, right? And if you hit the top, you hit the bell, you win a rubber duck or you win, you win a toy bear or something like that. So imagine a game where a line goes up and it represents a dollar amount and you have to hit the button in order to stop the machine and you win the dollar amount, whatever that line stops on. And so at the top, it says $100 and the person says to you, okay, so here's the rule. You can stop the, you can stop the machine all the way up to $100, but if it gets to $100, you'll get nothing. You'll get zero. And they go, oh, okay, I bet you a lot of people are going to be walking away with $85, $90, $95, just stopping it just before it gets 100 Okay? Now play the same game again and tell the people, we're not going to tell you where the machine stops. You'll have to guess for yourself. It'll be somewhere between 0 and 100 You're going to have a lot of people walking away from that game with $10, $20, $25 because they don't know where the line is they will operate within themselves to avoid going over it. The same applies to speech regulation. You make the rules ambiguous so people self-censor to avoid going over a line that they cannot define. If you have a line there, people will go right up to it and tiptoe around it and look over it and step over it 
if you tell them that, that, that you don't know where the line is, people will do their best to avoid going anywhere near it. Is it fair to say that white nationalism is being partly online, is being partly driven by money? White nationalism is built on anger, and anger. anger makes money online. Okay. So when we ask whether white nationalism is driven through finances, I think it's fair to say that it could be. It could be <laughs> financials, could be a motivator for white nationalists. Mm. And the other piece of this puzzle... <laughs> yeah, I, I could just see people online, like on those YouTube channels now, saying, I, you know, I only became a white nationalist because for me it was such a, you know, it was such a profitable career move. <laughs> Have you ever considered becoming a white nationalist? You know, you can make a, a serious amount of money by becoming a white nationalist. Oh, really? I didn't know. Isn't that interesting? I mean, it's like you know, it's like being a cabaret singer and then turning your hand to country music instead because the country music contracts are more lucrative. I, I just decided one day to become a white nationalist so I could make a little extra cash. <laughs> it was such a profitable career move for me. I just had to take it. They were throwing money at me. They had a big dump truck with a schwash sticker on the side of it just back itself up to my house and just dump cash all over my front lawn. How could I say no? is that no no channel gets 100% of its advertising revenue. Right. No super chat gets 100% of its revenue. Yes. YouTube takes a cut as well. Yeah. And so there's financial incentives for all the parties involved. Yeah. From what we've seen... YouTube loves making money off white nationalists. There you have it. I could go on and on. I could go on and on. But I think I'll I'll leave it there and move on. Um, by the way, if you want, um, if you want government to regulate things like the internet, if you want the government to solve the problem of hate speech online, uh, I've got news for you. Yes, the government can't even decide how to solve the problem of which hole people should piss in, which hole people should shit in. So they, they can't figure that problem out. But they're apparently they're going to solve the problem of white nationalists making money online. Uh, this is the government in New York, the world's most vibrant city. Uh, solving problems. Changes literally happen overnight for drivers. I'm going to show you why it's so confusing. Other than that new no turning sign, the markings on the road still don't indicate that 11th Avenue is now one way. That's why an officer is here to make it more obvious. And get ready, even more changes are on the way. A rideshare vehicle makes an illegal U-turn in the middle of 11th Avenue. This white SUV is chased down by an NYPD officer. Even after the warning, the driver does not realize he's going the wrong way. <laughs> so what happened in New York? The local government, Bill de Blasio, the local government decided to just turn a, <laughs> decided to turn a two-way street into a one-way street overnight and not tell, tell anybody. <laughs> What could go wrong? You know, we've got a problem down there on 11th Avenue. Um, I know. Why don't we just make it a one-way street? Brilliant. Get the, get the sign printed up. Get it on the street corner. Done. All right. Who's ready for some golf? Who's ready to hit the bar? There's our work day done. Good job, everybody. Good work, everyone. They'll figure it out.
Fuck him. So he wasn't going the wrong way. There's two Jesus. way here. There's two way right here. Not anymore. With one pass of this truck and the hanging of signs, 11th Avenue at 52nd <laughs> Street was transformed to a one-way street. Starting in the next few weeks, cars will only be able to head southbound from 57th Street all the way to wow. the Lincoln Tunnel. The new traffic pattern still has not been updated in your GPS. It's causing confusion <laughs> and a headache for drivers. Oh, my God. Now what? I know we're headed. We didn't know there's no signs. There's no nothing. There's horses and bikes always coming up and down here. It doesn't look like they need to change anything son. to make that more efficient. Maybe New York, they just want to spend money like they always do. Just spend money, 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 money. First police issued summonses to drivers who made what's now an illegal left turn. Now, <laughs> yeah, we're getting tickets to the people. Yes, good job. <laughs> Brilliant, exactly. That's that's how government solves problems, ladies and gentlemen. That's the government taking care of you. That is the government protecting you, looking out for your best interest and solving problems on your behalf. Shit, can't we apply this to every area of our life? Please. Please. I've got one more story here for you, just to kick us off on a low note. I'm going to bring you right down here to Australia. There is a big series of rugby league games every single year here called the State of Origin. And it is huge. Uh, it's players from New South Wales versus players from Queensland in our local rugby. So it's three games every year, a best of three series. Um, we've been talking about recently, We did the, remember we did the story on the streets of London the guy who got booked for not allowing a black van from the government. I mean, it's fucking nightmare stuff. And if I was just telling you this, you would say, that's bullshit. That's conspiracy. What the hell are you talking about? No, a guy on the streets of London walked past a black van from the government, which was doing a kind of probe study on facial recognition software, taking photos of people as they walk down the street and then running them through a government database. You'll be pleased to know it was a tremendous success because they caught three people, count them, three people guilty of not paying parking tickets and whatnot. So it was obviously a good idea to photograph the entire population and run their face through a government database, of course. So this guy walked past one of these black vans. And again, why not paint it rainbows or something? Do you have to be so stereotypically Orwellian? But he walked past one of these black vans, covered his face. He then got booked for, you know, public mischief or something, being a public nuisance, because he refused to have his picture taken by an unmarked black van on the street. Horrifying, right? And if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see it there. I think it's called Big Brother is Watching the UK. You can watch the video there. We broke it down. But this was uh, last night, and I'm pleased to report the Queenslanders were victorious. But this was last night at the State of Origin. Check it out. Brisbane's Lang Park Stadium can fit more than 52,000 people inside on a good day. It's littered with CCTV cameras. Stadiums Queensland, which operates the venue and eight others across the state, admits that its CCTV networks are now connected to facial recognition software. Oh, goody. It just didn't want to tell anyone. People have a right to know if, if they're being processed like that, an automated process. We just didn't want to tell anybody. We didn't want to tell anyone. Yes, the, the cameras are now being linked to facial recognition software, which is run through government databases. But why should you need to know that? Who the, who the hell do you think you are? You lowly peasant. 
Just funnel into the stadium, buy your merchandise, buy your beer, and buy yourself a hot dog and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Patron our sporting events. Watch who we decide to put on television. Watch who we approve of on the internet and shut the fuck up. And what's the data that's being used to match them against? What those stadiums need to do is make sure that the people know it's happening. The rollout of the mass surveillance technology... Knowing it's happening isn't good enough. No, how about don't do it? Why isn't that option on the fucking table? What we need to do is make sure people know it's happening. How about this for an idea? How about what we need to do is not do it? Can we consider... Can we even... Is that even on the table? No. It's never on the table. Because the way these things work is you propose it, you install it, and then you make a false argument between should we tell people about it or should we not? Instead of the real argument is should we do it or should we not? Doing it or not doing it is not an option. You're not allowed to decide that. The only option you're allowed to have is should we tell people or should we not tell people? Of course we should do it. Nobody's arguing whether or not we should do it. I wonder why was flagged as a potential addition last year during the announcement of an $8 million security upgrade across all of its venues. Telling people they're being filmed, it's, it's probably become a bit of second nature. Telling them they're being used you know, to match against databases and process through artificial intelligence is another thing. If these stadiums want to use this type of technology, they at very least have got to put out proper warnings. They can't say it's covered by CCTV because CCTV and facial recognition are a completely different level of technology. Stadiums Queensland says it's mainly being used to identify crowd patterns and behaviour uh-huh. as well as abandoned bags and long queues. But admits <laughs> it shares... Yeah, right. Yeah. The reason that we have facial recognition technology in these stadiums is so in case an old lady happens to leave her bag on the chair, we can find the rightful owner. (laughs) Quick, quick, deploy the CIA. There's an old lady missing a purse somewhere. We need to get that Gucci handbag to her stat. Come on, let's go, boys. Miss, you forgot your purse. (laughs) Give me a fucking break. Really? That's what you're going with? (laughs) Of course, we've installed cameras around the entire stadium to take the photo of everybody who walks in and run that photo through government databases and match that up against metadata collection, which we've been doing for the last three years. But the real reason is so we could reunite Ethel with her lovely handbag. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> Auntie Ethel won't be able to catch the bus to her lawn bowls tomorrow unless we install this software to keep her safe. Fuck. Sharing the data with police. Our bottom line position is that the technology should be banned. Last month, San Francisco became the first major US city to ban facial recognition technology because of fears it could be used to oppress minorities. The technology has been accused of bias as it typically searches police databases which may already be full with overrepresented minority groups. <laughs> that's, that's another way of saying that the facial recognition te- uh, technology is so poor it actually, now we have scientific evidence. Apparently, ladies and gentlemen, science has told us that all Asians do, in fact, look the same. 
So now the AI facial recognition technology is racist because it can only define different kinds of white people. I mean, we did a story on this show. Shit, I think I think the General Eaton sent it to me about six months ago. I don't know if you're in the chat, General. Do you remember the self-driving car which kept running into black people because it couldn't see them? And it's like well, shit. The poor black people. They if AI actually takes hold and gets you know a foothold in today's modern society. I mean, forget about white nationalism. You're now dealing with racist fucking killing machines on the streets. <laughs> it's incredibly dumb. If you want to uh, call into the show, if you'd like to have a chat about anything we've done here tonight, the line is open in the Discord. So if, you, if you're a member of the Discord, uh, jump into the waiting room and I'll grab you and put you right on the show. Uh, I've tweeted out a link to the Discord for anybody listening. So if you want to get involved, have a chat. If you want to talk about anything that you've seen here today, jump in the waiting room and we'll get right back to you. I'll take a quick, uh, you know, five-minute break, see if anybody wants to jump on. If not, I'll come back, do a couple more stories, and we'll call it a night. So if you'd like to get involved, join the Discord and join, jump in the waiting room and we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes. Thank 
you for your patience. Your photograph has been taken and run through the Boogie Bumper database. Selfie. Selfie. This, this shit that we're talking about, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to be doom and gloom and all of that kind of nonsense either, but uh, the gatekeeping that goes on in regards to entertainment online and news and who's allowed to say things and who's not. And again, big smack, big wave of the finger to young Milo. Because you're acting like the thing that you've made. This guy's made millions of dollars railing against people who endorse deplatforming. And he's just guilty of the same shit himself. So fuck him. Fuck him. But we do have a caller on the line. Welcome to the show. Uh, where are you? There you are. Welcome to the show, Steph. And he doesn't want to talk. <laughs> oh, fuck. I had the push to talk. There you go. There you go. There we go. Welcome. <laughs> I just tried to turn it off. Are you, um... Are you, um... Can you turn down Can your you volume, or, down something your like volume that? or something like that? Uh, perhaps. Playing back. Playing better? back. Well. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, yeah. see, I'm, I'm getting yeah, an see, echo. I'm getting an echo. All right, well, I'll let somebody else call in. It'll work this out later. <laughs> you just turn the volume <laughs> just down just on, the your volume on your phone. Just turn the volume down on your phone. Okay. Bit better. Bit better. Bit better. No, it's still there. Are you, how are you listening to the show, Steph? <laughs> well, just through my phone, but through I think it's my Carson. I think my speakers, you know, leading uh, into my mic. Oh, my dog's barking. So we'll try this again some other time. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Before I go, uh, shout out to uh, Fergo and the Freak podcast. Fergo and the Freak from Steph and Steve. Thanks, Steph. Thanks, mate. There he goes. Yeah. You know, I love the sound of my own voice, but not that much. Not that much. I don't need to have it repeated back to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm tempted to, to do a little bit of a follow-up video from yesterday. I'll let you decide. Do you want to watch angry vegans lashing out in violence? Or do you want to watch the vapid, insipid nature of modern e-celebrity in all of its glory? I'll let you decide. Press 1 for angry vegans. Press 2 for disgruntled, shallow, dumb thoughts on Instagram. What's the Discord? Um, I put the link on my timeline on Twitter, man, at Boogie Bumper. So if you go to the timeline, uh, you'll see the Discord link there. It's right at the top of the page. Can't miss it. That was great. Stefan, they're approving of Stefan's call. So 1 for angry vegans or 2 for, you know, mindless ninnies. I'll let you decide. I can't decide. I have a preference, but quite the toss-up. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I'm not sure which way you want to go on this. <laughs> Tell you what, 
since it's fresh, we'll do the insipid, uh, shallow Instagram thoughts, shall we? Because we're doing a follow-up from yesterday. So we did the story yesterday, one and two. <laughs> so we did the story yesterday about uh, Love Island and the poor uh, minority stars on Love Island. Love Island is a terrible reality TV show in the United Kingdom that puts strangers on an island in the hope that they will have sex with each other. And what they do is they get these women in bikinis to stand there and the men saunter out and say, yes, I would like to have sex with that one, with that one, with that one, with that one. Unfortunately, for the last four years, the the minority status individual has been selected last. And this has led to the show being accused of overt racism because people aren't choosing in a very shallow meat market style fashion uh, that they want to have sex with the black girl as opposed to the blonde girl. So this is a racist program. So this is a follow-up to to that. <laughs> Let's check it out. See, this this is the shit that we're supposed to watch online. This is the stuff that they want us watching. The Kardashians, Love Island. They want us following these people on Instagram. They're allowed to make money. These people are allowed to make money being e-celebs. These people are allowed to make money generating conversation and getting an audience on Instagram and YouTube, right? They're allowed to because it's mindless garbage that has no effect on anything at all. And that's exactly where we want you to be. Preoccupied and focused on the mindless nonsense that has no real world effect either way. Good or bad. Oh, we've got another call. Got another caller in. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Welcome to the show. Are you there, Ben? Hey. How you doing, How's it mate? going? You're Good. Here? Thanks for joining us. Right on. How do we Love find this you? show. How do we find you, brother? <laughs> What's new? What's cooking? What's... Um, oh, not a whole lot. I, I actually didn't know about uh, Milo's campaign to deplatform um, Crowder. Crowder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, that was... That was news to me. I thought Milo was on the the freedom side, the free speech side. Um, he spent so much time talking about people not being offended by words, and it's just kind of shocking to me that um, that it's come to this point. Yep. Yeah. He uh, in his uh, Telegram channel, and you know, he was putting out statements like Crowder needs to be deplatformed brutally. He needs to know what it feels like. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of territorial pissing that goes on between these right-wing online e-celebs, if you know what I mean. So, you know, um, and you see it all the time, don't you? The conflict between these individuals. So, you know, it's like they're, they're getting a following and they're making money by arguing first principles. Oh, we believe in free speech. We don't believe in censorship. We don't believe in deplatforming. But then as soon as they are done with that prose, they instantly turn the guns on each other and say, well, that guy needs to go. I mean, you can't say that online. Fuck him, right? I don't like that guy. He needs to be ripped off the internet. So and I'm seeing more and more of it, and it's just shallow, and it makes me just sit back and go, oh, well, fuck the lot of you, you know? Fuck the lot well, of you. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense if you're, you know, if you're familiar with Moore's Law or... You know, singularity. Um, if 
if you look back through history and the development of language and the ability to communicate, it was basically the the fastest learners um, and the most complex languages won the most wars. The ones that could communicate the best were the most successful. And um, it seems like we've reached a point. I mean, there's what, 200 languages or probably more than that. And now, <laughs> now our society's gotten to a point where we're cheering language being removed and the inability to communicate. And people are happy about that. Well, here's a quote for you. And I'll put it up on the screen so everyone can see here. From Milo himself, from his telegram room. Crowder must fall so we can all stand again. Ruben must be silenced so we can all speak again. Rogan must step aside so we can all stride confidently forward. It is horribly tragic, but the logic is undeniable. So he's arguing that, you know, the Crowders and the Rubens and the Rogans don't let him on their show, so they have to go. Right? Because they're, they're the little kingmakers on the right, you know, in the e-celeb right-wing world. Crowder, Ruben, Rogan... If you're an up-and-coming YouTuber who says controversial things, you know, these are the platforms you want to get on kind of thing. But they won't have Milo on, so they've got to go. Because it's not fair. And on, the, and on the other hand, a lot of people are afraid to be on a platform or to have a guest on their platform because of the fear, like you explained before, the basically undefined rules. Yep. Like they don't know if if they're gonna have a controversial person on and then be deplatformed because of it. So that's right. A lot of people are second guessing who they even invite. Well, that's right. You're getting it from both angles. Like, so I'm not I'm not saying that Crowder and Ruben and Rogan, as you know, little gatekeepers themselves, are necessarily doing the right thing. But we're getting it from all angles, right? So they need to protect their empire by not allowing you know, the controversial types to go on there because they might become a target. The controversial types then target the people who aren't allowing them on the platforms, calling them pussies and stuff, and they need to be done away with because they're holding the movement back. And on the other side of the political spectrum, you know, it's it's just wedges being driven into this <clears throat> into this online community. And they're able to then pick off people, right, that start to come up on their own because they're not protected. So you're getting it from all yeah, angles. Exactly. Exactly. And it's even public figures that are afraid to go on somebody's platform. Was was it, um, am I right? Was it Buttigieg that refused to go on Rogan's platform? Uh, it could have been. I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't hear about that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Buttigieg. Uh, I could. And I mean, <laughs> Rogan's milk toast. Rogan, Rogan himself is very bland. Like, you know what I mean? The only thing that he might get a little controversial on and it's not controversial to me, and I'm sure it's not controversial to you, but I think the only thing that he might get a little bit edgy on is the uh, transgender kids stuff, which, to be fair, I think a lot of people left and right agree with him that, no, you probably shouldn't pump hormones into five-year-olds because they say that they're the, they're the opposite sex. You know, there's something wrong. You're changing that child's development for the rest of their life. So, you know, that's something oh, that's pretty could... strong you could defame his character based on guests that he's already had. That's he's had right. Alex Jones, Jordan Peterson. You could you could spin that any way you want based on who he's invited before. That's right. 
That's right. That's, I mean, that's if, entirely uh, accurate. Yep. If your favorite, if your favorite publication did a story like Slate or Salon, um, you know exactly what they would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a platform known to have extremist right wing races um, go down the line of the list of their favorite words. Oh yeah, they promote. Hey, they promote. <laughs> they promote right wing extremism by having them on their platform. You're promoting hate speech. Exactly. Like you might not be doing you hate speech yourself, but you're promoting it. <laughs> right. And the, the definition can be very loose. You don't have to be guilty of any of those things to be known for it. Yep. 100%. 100%. But then I think, you know, for I don't think the way forward is to then call for these people to be removed if you're against removing people. So that's my issue with Yiannopoulos right now. Is a, this is a guy who got deplatformed, and you know he's crying about how he's broke and he can't make money and it's not fair. And yeah, I agree, he shouldn't be deplatformed and he shouldn't be prevented from making money. But then say, oh well, the problem is, um, you know, other e-celebs who do have big platforms, they, it's their fault because they're not letting me come on their show. Well, that's just, I mean, please, that's trash, right? Or am I wrong? Right, am I reading well, it wrong. The- the old saying of fighting fire with fire is usually the wrong thing to do. <laughs> the, usually if you, if you have a house fire and a fire truck comes up, they don't usually bring a flamethrower. Sure. That's, that's true. <laughs> although, <laughs> I, guess although... I'll, I guess I'll uh, leave you with that. I'll, I'll get back to just listening. But I wanted to try this new uh, feature you got. Love the show. Well, thanks for calling in, Ben. I appreciate it. Your contribution is welcomed. Thank you very much, sir. Yep. Check you later. Have a good one. There he goes. So, yeah, the the lines are open if you want to call in, join the Discord, jump in the waiting room. Thanks for that, Ben. What do you think? What do you think about all that? Let us know. Let's get back to our e-thoughts here. This is the stuff that needs to be promoted. This is the kind of shit that you're supposed to watch online. This is the stuff that you're supposed to enjoy because, damn it, everything else might be just a little bit too dangerous. And you need to make money posing in your underwear in front of a mirror and not make money by talking about things like, you know, identitarian political movements, conservatism and whatnot. It's a cool evening in Manchester, and former Love Island stars are attending the launch of a fashion line. Twelve months after the reality show how ended, wonderful. going to events like this is now just part of their job. West End performer Samira Mighty had 4,000 Instagram followers when she entered the Love Island. Wow. Village. When she left, she had a million. <laughs> in- Going to events like this is just part of their job. It's just part of their job. She had 4,000 Instagram followers. Now she has over a million. And why, ladies and gentlemen, why is this good? Why is this promoted? Why is this being played on the biggest channel in the UK, the BBC? The only channel, really. Why is this? Why are you allowed to make money? Because she got in a bikini. She was on a reality TV show. And she was put on an island with men to have sex with them. That's fine. I, I, again, I don't care. I don't watch the garbage, so it doesn't bother me. But you're allowed to make money online doing this. Going to parties, having your picture taken. That's fine. But we will decide 
what is good content. We will decide who is, who is allowed to make money online. Not you, not the audience. Inside, the party is in full swing with loud music and many influencers posting on their social influencers. media. Influencers. Fucking God help me, I hate that term more than life itself. I hate that term. The influencers. Influencers walking around supermarkets taking photos of clothes. And, they, and the sales spike. That's, that's an influence. You're allowed to be that kind of an influencer, you see. If you, if you shift a few extra crates of perfume in a month, you're a good influencer. This is a tremendous influence that you're providing. <laughs> if you influence people to question corporate press narratives and what's being thrown at you as, you know, what's being deemed as appropriate or inappropriate, that's bad, inf- bad influencer. You're a terrible influencer. You should not be allowed to influence anyone. This is dangerous. You're radicalizing people. You are radicalizing young people to purchase supplements from Alex Jones. You are radicalizing people to buy t-shirts from Steven Crowder. This must be stopped. This is dangerous. Are you radicalizing young girls to pump their face full of Botox? That's fine. That's fine. That's actually good. We like that. If you want to if if you're influencing 15-year-old girls to pump their face full of poison, that's absolutely fine. Put that on TV. Let's get you a million Instagram followers. Can you get a little more cleavage into the shot, please? Can you do that for me? F- wonderful. Uh, are you influencing people to buy t-shirts off Steven Crowder? Be gone with you. You disgusting man. You dangerous, hateful bigot. You're making money off hate. Good audio, by the way. Good audio, by the way. This is this is a person. They're doing a spot for the BBC. You can't hear her because she's not wearing a lapel mic. Billions of dollars every year is spent on the BBC and their production. They can't even get a fucking lapel mic on the host. <laughs> These are the people that that are going to decide who's allowed to make money in entertainment and news. Good job. Good job, guys. This, however, is my first. What I've learned is you get a lot of free drink, free food, free merchandise, and there's quite a lot of posing. If you're feeling yourself, then why not take a good photo, you know? What about yeah. when you're not feeling yourself? Sometimes, obviously, you're having a bad day and then you're like, you have to go to this event, you're like, oh, but then I think you just got to suck it up because it was your job. Yeah. Terrible. Free champagne isn't the only bonus. Samira says attending these events also makes good business sense. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like having a bunch of fops, you know. <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood to drink free champagne, eat caviar, and have a bunch of yes men surround me and you know do my bidding and take my photo and tell me how beautiful I am. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood, but you know you just got to suck it up because it's your job. I mean. The bravery here. Again, this is this is this is good. This is good content. These are good influences. These are good influences on you and your children and your lifestyle. This is fine. This is what you should aspire to be. If one influencer can reach a million people, then a group of influencers can reach millions. Yeah, I try to support my friends as much as you can because then they can do the same for you when you have your own thing going on. There'll be people watching who'll think it's quite superficial and yeah, shallow. Yeah. Oh, no, what yeah. would you say to those people? I can see how it looks like that way because it's all on Instagram, it's all posy and makeup <laughs> and stuff, but really we are just a group of people having fun and like that is their jobs to influence and like also Instagram is people's jobs. <laughs> 
look, I can see why people say it's shallow because it's all getting your photo taken and makeup and champagne. Okay. So I can see why people say it's shallow, but it's really not because we're just a group of friends having fun. And, you know, Instagram is our job. Good. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> can you argue with that? I never wanted to be an influencer. Ever. <laughs> I just had to. Has the, the, the moment. The society called on me. It beckoned me to become an influencer. You know, I was having a moment one night. I never wanted to do this. I never wanted to make this sacrifice. And then I was looking around and I saw so many young girls who had not injected Botox into their face. And I just thought to myself, man, these kids need guidance. Somebody needs to influence these children. Obviously, their parents are doing a terrible job. There aren't enough uh, e-thoughts on Instagram. Instagram needs one more. And from that moment on, I became an influencer. I remember my first selfie with a Gucci handbag. I remember the day like it was yesterday. <laughs> and the first response I got was, OMG, you look so hot. That handbag is lit, girlfriend. And I knew I'd make it. I knew I'd made a difference. I'd made a difference. And I just want to thank the BBC for creating this lifestyle for me, for making me an influencer, for giving me this platform. I want to thank Instagram, I want to thank Twitter, I want to thank YouTube for allowing me to become the influencer that I am today. Thank you so much. Because it's really, it's all about, you know, it's just freedom and we're just, we're just having fun and that's what it's all about. We're just, inst we're Instagram influencers. That's the main thing here. More social media followers than the UK's Prime Minister. It's a lot of power for a 23-year-old and at times can be quite overwhelming. I have this thing the called power. insights. And then you can see your audience. So 86% women, general age is 18 to 34. But you've got quite a lot of 13 to 17 year old girls. Yeah, I've got you. 13 and 17 year olds. A lot of them actually. Wow. And yes. do they ever message you? The All Lord the and Saviour Jesus Christ is in the chat and he, he identifies the problem perfectly. Ethot populations are dropping dangerously low. <laughs> We need more ethos. I do get a lot of serious ones, which is hard to reply to all of them because you don't want to make someone feel like you're helping them out and not helping out the other. Yeah. Samira's young followers regularly ask her for help about important issues. Why? Earlier this year, Samira revealed she was having a lump in her breast removed. Oh, no. Her mum previously had breast cancer, so Samira wanted to encourage women, particularly black women, to get checked. Okay. I got a lot of messages from a lot of teenagers being like, oh, you know, uh, I was really scared, but then I've gone and done it now and it's all fine. I had a lot of messages like asking for medical help and like some people actually sent me pictures of like stuff and I was like, oh my God, I am not a doctor, I can't. So the main thing I'd say is like, go to the GP, go to the GP, go to the GP. Well, oh, thank God we have these influencers telling people to go to the doctor when they find a lump on their breast. What the hell would we do without them? Um, but I, in it, like at the end, I'm not begrudging what these people do for a living. I don't care how you make money, really. Anybody can make money. And if you're on YouTube pushing a conspiracy theory, I'm not I'm not against you making money either. Because the people that say, oh, you're pushing a conspiracy theory, you need to be taken off YouTube. I'm like, well, how is this different from the people that live at Roswell who sell alien piss in a jar? Like, should we send in the fucking squat team to kick down this farm? Right, you know what I mean? What's the difference? 
if people want to throw their money at conspiracy theories online, why why the hell should I get in the middle of that transaction? What right do I have to stop them? If somebody wants to give away their bill money and their food money to people online who, you know, like whether it's conspiracy theory, whatever the fuck it is, go for it. I don't care. But just don't turn around to me afterwards and whinge and moan and say it's not fair that you got duped out of money. That's your choice. That's your decision. That's your money. You do what you want with it. Your call. Oh, we need to protect people. We need to protect people. Bullshit. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Let other people protect themselves. But this fake false moralism of we, I, I'm not in favor of deplatforming unless it's to deplatform things that I don't like because I'm protecting people. The protection meme. This is why governments have facial recognition software in football stadiums because they're protecting old ladies from losing their handbags. This is why governments are tracking and storing metadata to protect you from evildoers. This is why governments write laws to ban things, to protect you from whatever it is that they don't want. But in reality, it's not protecting anybody from anything. And you, you know, you want to make a stand against somebody, fine, go ahead, do it. Do it. Say, this is awful. This is conspiracy theory. You're getting ripped off. I don't care. Take these. But once you get into the realm of, we need to take these people off YouTube. We need to ban them. Sorry. Then to, to me, at that point, you're no different than the censorious people that you claim to stand against. And piss on all who disagree. No sympathy. And that goes for you too, Milo. Fuck you. Angry vegan allegedly targets butcher's shop front in graffiti attack. Oh, we got a little commercial here. The angry vegans, ladies and gentlemen, lashing out. Of course, we, we have to pay our sponsors. If it could load sometime today, that would be fantastic too. Just saying, just saying, just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Uh, while that's loading, let's do another one here. Uh, mob shoves elderly Trump supporter to the ground. Nazis are not welcome oh, here. Hold on, mate. It's all on TV. You, you, you just hit me. What are you talking about? <laughs> So the guy in the white shirt is trying to take the hat from the guy in the blue shirt. And whilst he's wrestling to keep his hat, this isn't this such a common thing? So the guy who's actually doing the aggressive action by going up trying to take this guy's hat, which is dumb anyway. Like, what do you care if he wears a fucking hat or not? What are you, some kind of hero? You, you, you're defeating fascism by taking people's hats on the street? Like, what are you, five? Keep away, keep away. <laughs> pathetic individual. Who would have thought that seeing a hat could, you know, send you into a fit of rage and emotional, you know, turmoil to the point where you need to physically engage people on the street? Like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? You're not righteous. You're not, you're not bashing the fash. You're not protecting anybody from anything. 
I don't want to be protected from people who get so offended by a piece of headwear. You are not in a position to protect anybody from anything. You probably can't even protect yourself. You probably have to have, you know, electrical cords put up on high shelves so you don't electrocute yourself at home. You probably have to have safety scissors when you cut things out of magazines and put up on the wall in your basement room. And then, But then when the guy tries to keep his hat, it's like, oh, you hit me! You hit me! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, disgusting. Disgusting. My hat, you've just, you've just destroyed my property. You'll make America great again. Oh, I've got it wrong. It's the white, it's the guy in the white shirt. The white shirt owns the hat. The other guy's like, you want to make America great again? Yeah. Talk to them about it. What's your name? Look at this, touching him, grabbing him on the shoulder. Come over here. Who the fuck are you, mate? Don't touch me! I'm just escorting you to the pro-Donald Trump thing. I'm just escorting you to the pro-Donald Trump thing. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is all such fucking nonsense, and I'm sick of these people. Fuck them. along a popular Angry political vegans, restaurant strip have been confronted by vegan activists and while they called it a peaceful protest for restaurant customers it was far from a peaceful night out as jordan cuts reports the premier wasn't impressed by this latest stunt wait did they really get a journalist named jordan cuts to report on a butcher shop and vegans that's fantastic that's incredible jordan cuts <laughs> <laughs> live at the butcher shop jordan cuts it sounds like the name of a butcher shop that's genius. They got the story on the desk in the editor's office and said, you know, there's a big brouhaha going down at this butcher shop. Apparently there's a bunch of angry vegans. I've got just the guy. Jordan! <laughs> this story's got your name all over it, mate. Lectured mid-meal. Jordan Cuts. It is Jordan Cuts. Yes. See, even though I'm a, I'm a bit, even though I'm a bit angry tonight and it's a bit of a downer, and, you know, all of this shit with YouTube and, you know, e-celebs going after each other and shitting on their audience and doing all of this, you know, disgusting, cancerous behavior. Even though all of that, sometimes the universe still smiles on you. <laughs> and something as simple as a guy named, a reporter named Jordan Cuts reporting on angry vegans, just that makes my day. That makes it all worthwhile. That makes the whole program a win, as far as I'm concerned. So, why do we love our pets, yet dine on the garnished corpses of other animals that are equal in their ability to suffer? See, this is the thing. You can be a vegan, fine, but once you go into the realm, like, you're just harassing people at dinner now. And, you know, even celebrities, if I see... You know what I hate? I hate it when people see celebrities in public places like diners or bars or restaurants and then go up to them 
and say, hey, can you sign my thing? Can you get a selfie and stuff? Like, I hate that. If I see somebody who's quote unquote famous out on the street, I pretend like I don't know who they are. Legitimately. Like, I, I, I could be standing next to Sean Connery and I'm going to treat him. I'm gonna, I could be standing next to George Clooney and I would treat him like every other average asshole I meet on the street. With, you know, uh, polite indifference. I, I can't stand this thing of harassing people. And so once, you know, you've got a message, great. You, you believe it's wrong to eat animals, fine. But now you're just screaming at innocent people trying to enjoy dinner. You're the asshole here, not them. You're the piece of shit, not them. But the, the righteous indignation of like, no, I'm doing a good thing. I'm standing up to the Nazis. I'm standing up to the fash. I am defending the rights of animals. See, once upon a time, these activists used to storm into medical facilities, right? And unlock cages with monkeys and dress up in black and wear war paint. And with, big, with a big set of bolt cutters, cut through a wire fence and let bulls run wild in a paddock. But now the bravery, the bravery of today's modern vegan activist is to stand on a street corner with a video camera and scream at innocent people whilst they eat dinner. And it can't be, the point can't be lost here. The whole point of activism is supposed to get people on your side. It's supposed to get people to, you're supposed to be trying to get people to agree with you, not berate people in public places. Angry vegan is redundant. And angry vegan needs more protein too, by the way. Because that yell, yeah, yeah. it's got no oomph. It's got no, it's got no gutty tone to it. It's like, what about the, we love our pets. And why, why are you eating animals and garnished animals when they can feel pain? It's like, mate, well, Jesus, mate, why don't you have a fucking steak or something? Christ, sounding very weak. These Leaderville diners didn't order this. Animals are not food, they are individuals. Restaurants along Oxford Street bombarded by vegan activists last night, changing tact from storming farms. The movement's poster boy, James Gordon, called this a peaceful protest. Try to keep safe distance between you guys We have a choice, the animals don't. But these customers had little choice but to grin and bear it. The they're mad they can't. Just carry <laughs> in the chat. They're mad they can't eat the cheeseburgers. <laughs> Clearly clever. Boogie, are you trying to stifle this gentleman's right to free speech? No, of course not. I'm just calling him an asshole. <laughs> Go down there. Go down there. Scream at people at restaurants. Do whatever the hell you like. But you're not convincing anybody. You're not getting anybody to agree with you. And everybody at that restaurant, I bet their steak and their hamburger tasted extra good that night. Because they're like, fuck this guy. Fuck you. Coming screaming at me while I'm trying to eat dinner. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm going to have another one. Bring another steak to the table, please. Fuck these people. Some had television screens with confronting animal videos on loop. This protest was shrouded in secrecy. The location wasn't revealed until shrouded an hour before in it started. The special ops. Vegan special ops, ladies and gentlemen. Activists say it's for safety reasons. They ended up meeting here in the car park at the Loftus Centre for a briefing mm. before they marched into Leaderville. Police were a on briefing. patrol just in case things escalated. The Premier... How would things escalate at a vegan rally, I wonder? I think there would be a lot of fainting if they had to exercise too much. 
that might be a cause for concern, perhaps. Get the paramedics on hand. Unimpressed. I mean, it's just stupid. It's and just I encourage stupid. them. I tell them, don't do it. All you do is drive people away from your cause in the first place. There you if go. If they want to make a stand, go and run for public office. <laughs> and then you can stand here on a construction site in a hard hat and a vest like me and have two people behind me who nobody knows who they are just nodding at everything I say. A small business owner is fuming after his Brisbane's butcher store was allegedly vandalised by someone he feels is an angry vegan. There's the picture there. It's got meat as murder written on it. David Bobberman, owner of Clancy James Butchery, says his store was targeted late on Tuesday night. He told 7news.com.au he received a phone call from police at 11pm to say his storefront had been smashed. He says he was met with fake blood, graffiti reading, meat is murder and broken glass. It's the last thing you want on a cold and chilly night, spending your time cleaning up somebody else's mess. If people have a message to make, make it peacefully by all means, but this affects someone's livelihood because, again, we decide who's allowed to make money. We will tell you who's allowed to make money. Nobody else. If you make money doing things we don't like, then you must be removed. Whether that's in entertainment, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram... On TV, in music, in comedy, or even your own storefront. We have moral guardians who decide what is right and what is wrong, and you must bend the knee and kiss the ring if you want to remain fruitful and prosperous. With that, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Sorry, it was a little angry tonight. I was the the blood was angered up. We'll get back to fun. Um, just a quick note, by the way. Uh, the renovations are almost done, so by the end of next week, we should be right back on track, right where we should be. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for hanging out this late Wednesday night. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for sharing. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS for the best 15-minute data downloads on the interwebs. Chris McDonald at ChrisMC44 at the starting block. One word, drop the K at the end. Fergo and the League Freak. And, of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by following at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Discord, hit the link, join the Discord. Next time we go live, just join the waiting room and we'll get you on the show. Thanks for your contribution. Thank you, Clay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. I won't be back tomorrow. 
Next time you'll see me will be on Sunday night, Trust and Verify at TAV Show. And then back next week with the Daily Boogie. Thank you, two-ton testing. Have a good night and have a good weekend. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.